0: It's a Bumblecast Mini, sponsored by Pedantigat.
1: Let's say the story of Mega Man 8 happened in the Sonic series, with Eggman discovering evil energy and duo meeting Sonic and Company. How would things play out? And while he'd obviously detect Justice Energy from Sonic, would he detect Justice Energy from the likes of Sage and Omega? Uh...
0: Now, the whole thing with Duo is that he, the way we see him is he was cobbled together by Cossack and Light, but we don't have Cossack and Light. So maybe Tails is the one who cobbles them together, and maybe he looks something closer to, like, General or Scavenged Egg Tech. Same general design, but with more of a Sonic aesthetic, perhaps? Maybe. Uh, evil energy-powered Metal Sonic is a given. I mean, come on. It's right there. Uh, And shoot, why not? He's grabbed dark guy energy before. Evil energy to power his robots? Sure. He'd be all over that. Uh, As for hero energy, he might detect, like, flickers in Sage, but Sage, at least as far as I was intending, is not a good character. She is a villain through and through. It's just she's a little more understanding, a little more pragmatic than her father. And Omega? No, because he's not fighting Eggman out of any sense of justice or for the benefit of anyone else. It's a pure personal vendetta. <laughs> he is raining down destruction because he wants to for his bruised ego. It's There's nothing heroic about Omega.
1: How dare you? Omega is the hero we deserve.
0: (laughs) I never said thank you, and I do not care. (laughs) Exactly.
1: (laughs) Uh, He's definitely not the one we need, though. (laughs) I don't know. Mm. Mm. Oh, well. Let's say instead of the worlds being restored to the way they were at the end of Worlds Collide, you were told to pull an infinite crisis in which now both Sonic and Mega Man's worlds in history are fused together, with no one remember it, remembering it ever being any different. How would you go about exploring such a concept, and in what fun ways would you combine the history of the two worlds? Oh no, two worlds! Oh no! <laughs>
0: uh, I don't know if I like that. Yeah, it could be fun for a little while, but (laughs) it has some fun moments to be sure. I think you could work around some of the trickier business by saying like, oh, Mega Man was busy during Sonic Adventure, or it didn't happen near him. So, of course, it was just Sonic and everybody. I mean, Perfect Chaos took place over three days. Mega Man didn't learn about it until it was done to get around some of the work, some of the trickier things. But the whole mentality of robots being commonly used by the everyday people as part of society is very different from Sonic right there. Like it, which is ironic given how many uh, friendly robots we've amassed over the years. But in general, Sonic's world is moderately teched. I know there are the exceptions, but in general, it's like, modern to low tech, depending on where you are. So to have that fused with a world of Mega Man, where robots and robot masters are common, I don't know. That doesn't jive with me that. And you would run into the problem of Wiley and Eggman filling the same niche, the mad scientists taking advantage of the advanced technology to conquer the world. They're different characters with different executions to be sure, but in terms of general M.O. and antagonism against the protagonist, it's largely the same. So, unless they're, like, different regional issues problems, I don't know. It would be an interesting thing to tackle at Untangle. But I'm kind of glad we never had to consider that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like it might be fun to explore for a little bit, but then it would just be like, okay, we just we're done with this this needs to go back <laughs> to the way it was
0: unless this is all one sleeper agent way of explaining the various animal mavericks in x but
1: no nah, i think that's just because they were, people wanted to do cool designs and cool stuff <laughs> that's really that's really what it boils down to oh i can make a robot that looks like this heck yeah
0: <laughs> Why is it an elephant? Why wouldn't it be an elephant? Exactly.
1: <laughs> Why not? Why not? You've been asked questions about what would happen if Tails served as an, as an assistant to Dr. Eggman, but how would he flourish under the teaching of an altruistic and kind scientist such as Dr.
0: Light? No, oh, shoot, he would t- He would be I unstoppable. Don't <laughs> I don't know if flourish is a strong enough word. <laughs> arguably he might give up his whole adventuring career and focus strictly on machines and shoot he might be able to help troubleshoot X before having to even put him in the capsule mm-hmm. you'd have him walking around well before the X era
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that would be he, that would, yeah he would be in, crazy
0: all the cutesy toy like Weapons and side material for Rock to send out on missions. Yeah, nah. Tales would be, as you said, unstoppable.
1: Hmm. Hmm. Oh, that would be fun, though. <laughs> it would be so wholesome. No matter how many times I reread it, I'm always confused by issue three of Mega Man, in which we have Rock suddenly go mad with power and blow a fuse, metaphorically speaking. I get the intent of the scene is that he's never gotten this much power before, but it feels like it comes out of nowhere, especially since just in issue two, he was lamenting over needing to destroy robots. Mind explaining the decision behind that scene?
0: Uh, Paul wanted more drama. It's always the editor. Maybe not always the editor, but... (laughs) Uh, Then-editor Paul Kaminsky felt like it was too samey for the opening thing, so decided that it needed an extra drop of drama, ergo... Power goes to his head.
1: I mm-hmm. uh-huh. mean, not the greatest decision, but you know, it happens. How do you imagine Mega Man's dynamic with some of the robots and AIs from Sonic, such as Bell, General, Omega, Nicole, and Sage? And what kind of ability would he get if he copied the first three's weapons data?
0: Generally speaking, he'd get along great. I mean, Bell, General, Nicole—they're—they're they're all good people. Uh, at least in the RG interpretation, he might be a little more philosophical on things than General. I think General's kind of like, I am what I am. And Rock's like, isn't it sad we have to fight? And he's like, define sad. <laughs> Maybe. If that's what makes you sad, I will not dispute this. But, you know, Nicole and bell they're just nice people, and he is a nice person, so I'd be fine. That's peanut butter and chocolate. Uh... Omega, he would be concerned about, and then, you know, you're full of anger. You maybe want to dial it back a bit, and then just the rampage of other robots. It's like, do you not care what happens to these other robots, our fellow robots? No. I'm just going to have to stop you then. You will try. (laughs) Oh, no. And Sage, I think, would be rather jealous of how just openly and readily Light treats them as family. I mean, Eggman's come around within the course of a game, but you know, Light built them as children first and not out of function. Sage is kind of a happy accident. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Let's see. As for powers, like Bell doesn't have a ton. But she does have that kind of reoccurring kick when you pull her tail. So maybe just a slightly different version of that kick he had in, what was it, Mega Man 7?
1: I figured he'd just turn into a wood puppet. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, sure. Why not? He's already kind of Mm-hmm. having those weapons pop out. Uh, <laughs> General. General's a little tricky to nail down because he was fusing with other machines in the past, but apparently that wasn't really a thing, which was an interesting note that I got back in the day. And otherwise he's just fast and has maybe missiles still. We haven't fully explored what he can do. So uh, maybe we'll just be simple and say Rocky gets a really high octane back thruster to zip around with. And uh Omega, <laughs> He just gets one really, really big arm full of all the boom boom. <laughs> you got DACA and more DACA. Uh
1: yes. I like it. It just opens up like a big uh, <laughs> I'm thinking of like a the, the guns popping out of the uh mech in like metal wolf chaos you know just boom (laughs) here's all the guns (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah (laughs) in world's Collide, we got to see sonic and rock fight each other with both giving each other a hard time while i do agree with the notion that in the end sonic would have beaten rock how would you compare rock's power level akin to the sonic cast I suppose there are several factors to consider, such as strength of base level Mega Man, what weapons he currently has, and if he has access to the super adapter or the double gear. And depending on all that, would he be able to beat up the likes of Omega, which in turn would mean he'd then be able to defeat Sonic, since Omega could theoretically
0: beat Sonic? Uh, If we're just operating under the notion of base kit Mega Man, I think he could still manage to take out Omega. It would be one of those frame perfect fights you make one wrong move by <laughs> bye mega man. i a shooting down the little energy orbs. He explodes into, but like uh, he has his entire career based off of defeating more powerful robots. That's kind of what he do. So I, I think he can handle Omega. And if we're giving him the full suite of powers, super adapter and everything else, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I figure he could handle just about anybody. Mm-hmm. He's got that protagonist power level thing going on with him.
1: Yeah, pretty much. In the aftermath of the Ramun arc, you had Rock be traumatized by the fact that he died, along with feeling conflicted emotions about Ramun's death, since while it put him at peace, he also doesn't want to feel happy that he killed someone, even if they were pure evil. I absolutely love this, and I'm curious to know what made you decide to tackle this concept.
0: I just felt like it was kind of the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. It was a big arc, And it had a very big conclusion to it. So I felt like it needed to be addressed. And for all of the robot destruction he had done up to that point, it was within the concept of possible rebuilding or restoration, you know, defeating a wily machine or, you know, taking out a robot master with the hopes of building them back. Ramun, no, 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 no. That was permanently deleting that thing. And that's very different. And for a robot that doesn't want to do that in the first place, I feel like it was worth at least addressing.
1: Yeah. All right. If Sonic were to get his own equivalent of the Flash Museum, what do you think would be some of the centerpieces of the museum? Would Tails are Amy consistently be fact-checking the curator to the point that they end up leading the tour? And what would Sonic
0: think of the museum? Oh, I imagine we'd have dioramas of all sorts of fun adventures <laughs> that he's been on. and <laughs> Stuff that we've never seen. Little walking tours of mock-ups of the islands. We start here at Green Hill, and if we go down this hall, we see that his adventure on this occasion. And if we go down this hall, another... Man, why is Green Hill the lobby? Oh, you'll see. There's (laughs) a lot of hallways coming off of Green Hill. Admission price only lasts two hours. Hurry, hurry.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) Uh, I think Tails and Amy would potentially be fact-checking a lot except i'm sure jewel is the one who's curating everything i mean if you're gonna have somebody do it do it right exactly and she would do her research she would do her due diligence she would make sure that it's well run and put together and whatnot yeah that makes sense. as for sonic i think he would be kind of charmed bemused by it but it's not somewhere he would dwell necessarily like if he happens to pass by it on a run, he might check in and like, eh, I haven't been here in a while. it know, take a little bit of a nostalgic trip, but I don't think he'd be hung up
1: on it. Mm-hmm. Nah, that makes sense. All right, here's a question f- from Pedanticat, because obviously it's all from Pedanticat. Anyway, <laughs> while he'd never gotten a chance to truly shine in the games, Silver has gotten plenty of spotlight in the comics with both you and Evan writing some fantastic stories for him. What is it about Silver that you enjoy both as a character and how you write him? What's your favorite moment you've written for him, and where do you want to take his character moving forward?
0: I think it's his unabashed earnestness that's so charming. Like, for all the power that he has, there's no arrogance with it. Sonic has the swagger because he knows he can back it up. Shadow is the ultimate life form. He knows it, and he doesn't care if you don't. He's going to live his life his own way and screw you but silver really wants to help people he really wants to make a difference and the fact that he has such incredible power is an afterthought to him it just it's what he is it's who he is it's what he can do and he's going to do it he isn't hung up on it he, there isn't the ego that sonic and shadow have which i don't know it's just it's kind of nice you know
1: <laughs> that's the thing about silver he just is nice like he tried to be he tried to be a hard ass in his first appearance, but he's kind of just like, yeah, he's just here to
0: help. He, <laughs> he still wants to be taken seriously, both in the minds of others and himself. Yeah. But I don't know. Something about that just lends itself to the charmingness of it. Yeah. For a singular moment, nothing like immediately stands out to me because he's had a lot of good, just solid moments in general. I don't know if he's ever had his like shadow face moment or his, I got your limit right here moment just yet. No, nah. like, nah, his even defining the moment, moment is still in the works somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Like even the super silver moment is a little overshadowed by supersonic beating the ever loving snot out of giant Zavok. He's <laughs> like, he, he facilitates supersonic's big end of the story moment. So I don't know. I think he still has room For his big woohoo moment. That being said, one of my favorite moments from him is actually in 06, when you're in his last boss fight against Iblis, and you get through the entire gamut of attacks, and then Iblis just summons this gigantic freaking fireball. And it's clear there's no way to dodge it. The only thing you can do is try to catch it. And you've never handled anything that large before and it comes straight at you and you grab that sucker and you fling it right back into his face and oh that was satisfying. <laughs>
1: that
0: was an inarguably hype moment.
1: Nice. Very hype. <laughs> good, good, good. Not sure if you're all caught up on Ruby, but just for fun, how would you approach a Ruby cross Sonic the Hedgehog crossover? And which characters do you think would hit it off?
0: I saw maybe a handful of the first season. I am so behind the curve on that. I can't even begin to speculate.
1: Yeah, I've only actually watched the first season, too. But, (laughs) I mean, I could see Yang and Sonic getting along. But, I mean, that's about it. Maybe Amy and Ruby. They're similar enough.
0: (laughs) The soundtrack Nuts, I know that much.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, the soundtrack would pretty much just be Sonic Frontier's boss fights
0: all the time. (laughs) (laughs) It's a very low-key character moment. Exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Great stuff. Oh, man. Jeff Williams and Itamoya Otati coming together. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much uh, would probably be the end of us all, and it would be worth it. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> with Team Sonic no longer being a trio, but now a quartet, if you were to create a fourth member of the Babylon Rogue to serve as a rival for Amy, how do you imagine them?
0: I wouldn't go that far just yet. Not until we can get Knuckles permanently off the flying rock. Mm-hmm. But I see where you're going with it. So uh, what would the parallel be in that team? Cause you got Sonic and Jet clearly as the front runners, the skilled and stylish leaders. Where where Sonic is kind of irreverent and cool, Jet is bratty and haughty and full of himself. You got the tech support in terms of Wave and Tails, and where Tails is altruistic and still feels like he has room to grow and aspires to be better, Wave still thinks of herself as the best. Screw you for thinking otherwise. It's kind of the mother hen. Like, lording over the others when she needs to. Storm is like a parody of Knuckles when you get down. to He's Boom Knuckles before Boom Knuckles was a thing. Yeah, A big, strong Enforcer dope. And instead of being the rival, he is the Enforcer, the blind follower. So Amy's dynamic in this group, which is still kind of being defined in a lot of ways, is someone who wants the best for everyone and is trying to do her best to support everyone in her own way. So I guess what Babylon Amy would be is like the team promoter who only wants them to succeed so that they can make a name for themselves to profit <laughs> off of all of their racing victories. And darn it, they keep getting distracted with their you know showboating and their rivalries. So they're just going to have to do it themselves and join the team and win the races and then they'll promote themselves. And that's even better. Yeah, everyone else is kind of existing just to help promote them.
1: This feels more like an, an antagonistic Honey than an antagonistic Amy.
0: <laughs> Arguably so.
1: But, you know, it's fine. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> but I feel like Honey would be like, yeah, I'm going to promote myself. Promote my brand. <laughs> Either way, I, I do enjoy that idea. Death themselves have come to claim the life of a Sonic character, but they'll give the Sonic character a chance to live once more by defeating them in any contest of their choice. What do you think some of the Sonic characters would challenge Death in? Hopscotch for Cream, Twister for Tangle? <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, Sonic's obvious. Want a race? Yeah. It's like, fine, just be resurrected. I give up already. <laughs> Knuckles would fight, and then Death would go very well you've completed the challenge and knuckles challenge. I was just fighting. (laughs) Uh, I think cream would be very sad that she'd be leaving all her friends behind. So she would just ask for one more like board game. And she's just too innocent and pure and nice. That death is like, you know what? I can't do this. You have a rich full life. I, I I gotta go home. I rethink about what I'm doing with my non life. (laughs) Let's see. Amy, would agree on the condition that instead of a contest she just has to finish everything she needs to get done first and that's how she becomes immortal because (laughs) there's always somebody who needs to be
1: helped (laughs) Amy would just do death's tarot reading
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh irony and Eggman would put it in a capsule and use it to power his latest robot exactly
1: (laughs) Uh, let's see who would challenge him to
0: a fiddle fiddling duel. I see that as a tangle thing. Cause she heard about <laughs> another song once. <laughs> what do you mean? That was about the devil. Well, whatever. She yeah, always wanted I, to learn how to play the metal.
1: <laughs> whatever death, the devil, they are, they all, they all the same. <laughs> <laughs> I told you once you set up a gun. <laughs> I'm the best it's ever been Tangle plays a pretty good fiddle with her tail
0: <laughs> cool fiddling at the same time well, she's
1: terrible with her hands but her tail is like perfect <laughs> like she starts off just trying to play it with her hands and she's like nope this ain't working <laughs> yeah All right, next question. What do you think of the themes of a hero trying to save a villain for themselves and showing them a better way? And how do you think such a thing should be utilized within Sonic? It seems like many superhero adaptations aren't interested in exploring that concept anymore, as most would rather just have the villain die or be thrown in jail. And while we've seen the likes of Sonic being able to turn a foe into a friend, would you say he recognizes that Surge isn't as easy of a case as the others? given our life was twisted into the sole purpose of killing him.
0: I think in general, it's a good theme to work with because I feel like that personally, when you take a more decisive action towards your antagonist, there is no chance for redemption. There is no chance for change. And your heroic character is the type who will take the lumps and take the responsibility to, see to pursue that chance at something good coming of this uh with your revolving door of conflicts like in superhero books it's more to perpetuate the same things that they've done for years and years and years you don't want to see the villain turn heroic because then you don't get to see the same old fight again because that's fun um and it's it's a balancing act that is honestly a much larger topic to get into. Uh, for Sonic, because it is generally a more optimistic and positive franchise on a whole, I think it fits just fine. Uh, and Sonic is such a carefree character anyway, that, that very simplistic approach to it. You know, stop being a jerk. No, I'll stop you. You done being a jerk? Okay, we're friends now. It, it's nice. It's a wholesome message that is... Again, simple, but this is also children's media. Let's have nice, simple, aspiring messages to follow. With Serge, I don't think he would give up, especially once he has a full understanding of what she's been through, because he knows that it's not necessarily her fault, and she should have that chance to turn around. And if she continues to make mistakes, then he will continue to be there to stop her from making said mistakes. Yes. And it will
1: perpetually go on forever and ever and ever and ever.
0: But uh, That's okay.
1: And this franchise has to go on perpetually forever and ever and ever, so it gives them something <clears throat> to do. <laughs> when it comes to a villain or antagonist redeeming themselves, uh, would you say your feelings on it are more so influenced by if it makes sense in the narrative or if you yourself would forgive them? I feel like part of the reason why people argue about villains being redeemed is that with some villains, the audience finds the reaction so deplorable that they can't comprehend how the protagonist could ever forgive them. You yourself have even ranted about how Vader still has good in him makes no sense. Yet, isn't it also important to keep in mind how even if we, the audience, won't forgive such acts, the protagonist is allowed to make that choice? It's a blurry line, and in some cases it is questionable, but it, it is something I ponder all the same.
0: Sure, sure, sure. Um, number one, it should be in service to the story. It yeah. should make sense within the context of the narrative and within the context of the character. Uh, if you have an antagonist do their face turn and it doesn't feel earned, it's not going to be satisfying. But when you do have one, I'm looking at you, Zuko. It's <laughs> like one of the most defining things out of the franchise. Yeah. Likewise, characters and their forgiveness need to make sense within their own context. Like Sonic, for example, is just so carefree about so much that he'd be willing to let a lot of things go. He's not going to dwell on it, whereas other characters might still be wary or hold a grudge or whatever. Um, And as the writer, I feel like I need to try to be somewhat divorced from their decision-making because I'm not writing me. I'm writing the characters, uh, how successful I am in that is I'm sure up for heated debate, but it is at least something I'm trying to be mindful of in the stuff that I do. Uh, even with like the Vader thing. Okay. I'm going to be more specific on this one. Yes. There is some good in him in that he Finally turned around and stopped the emperor and saved to But that was really kind of selfish motivation. And there's no way he would have found the peace to send to a freaking force ghost here at the eleventh bloody hour. That was an unearned redemption.
1: <laughs> well, it happens. Yeah, it's it is very silly, though. It seems like they just were like, oh, "Well, we need an ending." Ah, crap.
0: <laughs> that and it's not necessarily a matter of. Forgiveness as it is acceptance. Like, your protagonist doesn't necessarily have to forgive the antagonist if they make their turnaround, but maybe they understand that they are making an earnest effort and are supportive of that good turn. Like, never truly forget, never fully forgive. There will always be that divide between them, but understand that they are trying to make a change for the better and to stand in the way of that would be generally detrimental to everybody, which is one way to approach it.
1: I wish I could make an earnest effort. Not a main
0: Bravo. You know, just Bravo
1: <laughs>
0: for what? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. No, no, I, I like that. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Good. Didn't see it coming. It took a second to settle in, but you know, <laughs> The flavor belt built over time. It's like, yeah, that was a quality bad joke. (laughs) Well, at
1: least you recognize it was bad and quality. (laughs) (laughs) If there's anything I'm good at, it's bad quality. (laughs) Oh, boy. We're falling apart here. I think it's time for one more question. If Sega told you that the new status quo of the Sonic comics would be that Eggman genuinely gives up his evil ways and him setting out to do good, how would you go about exploring this in the comic? Sonic, I imagine, while being naturally suspicious, would welcome the change when she realizes it's genuine, but how would someone like Whisper handle this? I imagine it could be a tricky thing to write a character who has done horrendous horrors and decides to turn over a new leaf, but it has been done with the likes of Lex Luthor, Megatron, and even Shredder.
0: Yeah, and I think you're right on the money with Sonic. Once he figures out, yeah, this is genuine, that this isn't yet another trick, be like, hey, finally, cool, I can relax a little bit, have fun. Mm-hmm. I think most of the other heroic characters would be wary. There would always be this lingering concern. And Eggman, even if he does turn good, I would hope that he would have that kind of arrogance to him still. So it's like, oh, would you just stop it? I've turned good. I've done everything you want me to do. What What, what more do you want? <laughs> I have anything to do. Look, I'm going to cure cancer. Boom. Done. You believe me now? Yeah. <laughs> it's
1: like you could have done this the whole time. <laughs> I think that would just make some of them more mad. <laughs>
0: Everybody's a critic. <laughs> oh, Eggman, don't take over the world. Oh, Eggman, don't cure cancer. Make up your mind. <laughs> this is why I'm a genius, and you need me.
1: <laughs> so the question, uh, who, the question is who? The question is who? takes over as the permanent villain?
0: Uh, you can come up with anybody, I'm sure. Uh, it whisper
1: just, though. It just feels like without egg, without Eggman to be there, there's something missing. You know.
0: Yeah. So anyway, whisper specifically. No, never would trust. Never forgive. No, never put her guard down. Is rather upset that everyone else seems to be just kind of rolling with this. (laughs) And the only reason she doesn't decide to be decisive about it is that it would lose her the friends that she has. But she mm, maybe it it would be a lingering source.
1: Maybe whisper becomes the villain. This is Whisper's heel <laughs> turn. Whisper and Omega. Because Omega would not be on board with this either. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. I mean, Shadow, I don't think he would be either after what happened with Mr. Tinker. <laughs> I
0: don't think he would care, ultimately.
1: <laughs> you think he would just be like, yeah, whatever. We went through this last time. I don't care this time. Just do whatever you want. Yeah, that's
0: <laughs> If he's telling the truth, fine. One less thing to worry about. If he's not, fine. I'll stomp him when he tries something. I have other things to do. Don't bother me.
1: Yeah, yeah. Belle is probably also not very happy about it.
0: She'd be very mixed. Yeah. you know, Relieved that he's not a threat anymore and doing good, but still not happy it came at the price of her father.
1: Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. he
0: would not be Mr. Tinker again. He would just be good Eggman, and there there is a clear distinction between the two. <laughs> good
1: Eggman <laughs> sounds like a oxymoron. <laughs> yeah. Oh no. Her, her uh, Bell and Sage would. Uh, that would be a rough, uh, rough relationship between the two of them.
0: Bell is just trying very hard to be gracious and understanding because technically the kind of family and she doesn't know what Sage has gone through so she's going to approach this with an open mind and you know not start anything and Sage just kind of looks at her and goes daddy loves me more and she just launches Ooh. at her all of the screwdrivers
1: out. <laughs> oh no <laughs> Ooh, dang that's look right in the Jeez. <laughs> dude <laughs> brutal
0: <laughs> oh Ooh, nice. Uh, so on that uplifting note, yeah. <laughs> thank you so much for, for Danty for sponsoring this Bumblecast Mini. If you want one of your own, head over to patreon.com slash bumblecast, ko slash bumblecast, or become a YouTube member. Be good to yourselves, be good to each other, and we will see you next time on the Bumblecast. Don't piss off Bell, that's for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> My God, it's Bell with the steel chair.
0: Ask not for whom the bell tolls, she tolls for thee. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Clang right in the head. Oof.